Christ is risen. Victorious over death. The promise came true. So what now? No, really. What now? We had a very busy season last Sunday, wonderful, full, all sorts of hallelujahs. So, what if it's true? What if it really is true that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again? What if it really is true that Jesus has overcome death? What if it really is true that Jesus is no longer held back by anything from being present right here and right now? What if it's true? We have big celebrations and we talk really big about how this changes everything. We are a Resurrection people with an Easter faith. What does it mean? What does it mean? I'm not kidding. What does it mean? What happened to you from last Sunday to this Sunday that's that big of a deal? I'm so not joking. You know, it's like Lent. I love Lent. Give me a desert wilderness, denial, <laughs> struggle, self-critique, where have I gone wrong, where have I left my God behind, I can do that, you ask me what I've been doing all week, I'm on it, I've been praying and writing and asking God for help to fix me, I'm busy with my faith. Holy Week, love the Holy Week. We're talking betrayal, <laughs> loss, sorrow, death. It is horrible. And I know how to do horrible. Praying, praying, praying. My life breaking open. God, be with me in the midst of this terrible humanity my faith is very real feeling alive energized by all that pain and suffering of holy week <laughs> and then there's easter he's risen okay i'm done clean it up breaks my heart. It's true for me. I'm not pointing fingers here. It's true for me. breaks my heart. I was driving with my partner on the freeway a couple days ago, and I started to break apart in my heart because I had this feeling, this moment of thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is true, and Jesus is right here, and Jesus is saying, really? Really? Y'all thought that was just something you do in church? Right. 
I gave my life. This stuff is real. I didn't do all that so you would have a calendar to follow in church. So what difference does Easter make in our lives? Are we living differently today? Because we were reminded last Sunday of who Jesus is and who he is for us, in us, right here, right now. Does it make a difference? And if it doesn't, why not? And is that the church's fault? Is that God's fault? Is that Jesus' fault? I woke up having a dream about preaching this sermon, and God gave me a picture, and it was the tomb with a sign outside it that said, vacant for rent. I know! It's like we focus on the empty tomb and say, it's empty, it's empty, it's empty. Can I move in now? <laughs> really? And I'm laughing because I'm crying about this. Because it can make all the difference in the world like it really does. And that's why I love this scripture. I love this scripture. And I'm going to try and only preach one sermon on it today. <laughs> so I'm going to stick with this part. Thomas. Thomas says, Yes, you've told me some very good news. You are my friends, my brothers and sisters, my loved ones. I'm not calling you a liar. I'm just saying. I am not going to believe any good news unless I can look at those bloody hands. And I personally am not going to believe any life that can lift itself beyond death unless I can put my hands in the wounded side. That's my criteria. Can't give me heaven that easy. You can't give me hope that easy. What do you take me for? I've been alive long enough. I'm not going to trust it until I see the gore of it. It's kind of hard, huh? But how many of us? I'm one of them. I don't want a frivolous hope. You see, the thing is that I'm not mad at Thomas. I love Thomas because he says, I'm not settling for anything other than my own direct experience. I love that. But here's the thing that I've missed for a lot of years. For Thomas, what constitutes the real experience of Jesus is his wounds. 
Thomas will not accept a faith that he cannot find except through the lens of pain. Don't misunderstand me. Faith is specifically found in the place of pain. I am not saying that we don't look for that and need that and deserve that and find that and that Jesus did not suffer. Absolutely not. But let's look at the scripture. Does Jesus say, good for you, Thomas? Good for you that you're insisting on knowing this for yourself? It's strange, in a way, what Jesus does with this. He responds, right? Jesus comes and does for Thomas what Thomas needs. And he doesn't begrudge him that. But he says something very important. At the very end of our passage today, he says, do you believe because you see? Because it was proven to you on your own terms? Okay. But here's where the blessing is. Blessed are you who can move through the pain and see life. That's what I came to give. Blessed are you who can take your eyes off the trauma and find your way to the purpose of that, which is life itself. Blessed are you who can let me be a living God in your presence because you believe in the life I came to give, not merely in the fact of my suffering, because what kind of promise is that? I was given an assignment by someone who works with me in some spiritual discernment this past week. She suggested that I write a picture of what my life would look like if there was nothing standing in the way of me having the life that I most truly desired. Seems like it could be easy, right? Try it. Just notice what happens when we are presented with the opportunity to think about our life in fullness. I don't know about you all, maybe this is just me, but I got a little resistant because I'm smart, like you. I didn't mean that part, you guys are like that. I'm smart and I knew where she was headed with this. Because all the reasons why I think that life is not available for me, they're mine. I know where she's going with this, because she said it. <laughs> she said, you are not a victim. You're a volunteer. I know, ouch. But that ouch is the ouch of freedom. 
and I'm bringing it here because I think that Jesus brings it here. Here's the ouch of freedom, he says. You can stare at my hands all you want, and you can talk about how painful it is, and it's true. But if you want a life worth living, if you want the blessing I came to give, can you let it go? Can you take your eyes off the pain? Can you trust? Can you learn to trust? Can you let me help you trust? That I came to bring life and life everlasting, life in abundance, life that is a blessing to you. I am not merely a God of getting through the desert. I am not merely a God of surviving betrayal and loss. I am that and I am so much more. Can you handle it? Can you handle the life I came to give you? I've been thinking about this because of that assignment and also this. I get a little hot and feisty around this, so I'm going to ask your forgiveness in advance. I'm facilitating a couple classes right now. One of them is on this book called Love Wins by Rob Bell that's talking about heaven and hell. And the other one is LGBT and Free in Thee, which is a class that gets offered here every quarter. Both of them are gatherings of people who in some way or another are concerned about hell. I want to share with you something that I have observed that just kills me. We get together, and if you are not part of this, then just observe. But many of us get together, and we listen to people say, here is my religious background. Here is what I was taught. Here is what I believe. Hell, 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 God. Hell, 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 God. Hell, 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 God. Hell, hell, hell. Prove to me that's not it. And that's how many of us come. And I had a moment this week thinking, can Jesus hear this? That his people think that what he came to do was to scare us away from hell? Where do we get that? Did he say that? Because he didn't. He didn't. He did not say, I came to scare you away from hell. He said, I came that you could have life. Life. Live your lives. It's for you. This is love, love, love. I came for love and for life. He says it over and over and over, and yet we get together and we say, prove that it's not hell or I won't believe. We can't take our eyes off the wounds. And I think it breaks Jesus' heart. It surely breaks mine. I look at Alexis and Haley sitting here in the front row. I love these children. And these children need to know that their God loves them. 
and promise life for them. And you, God's beloved children, God loves you and gave his life so you would have life. The question that I ask and the challenge I make and the challenge that Jesus gave Thomas is this, can you let go of hell so you can receive the life I'm giving? Yes, I am saying this, we hold on to our own hell. We do. I do. Why? Lots of reasons we're so used to things being painful. I get it. I get it. Self-protection. Survival. I don't want to hope in something that matters so much and have it fail me. I've had so much hurt and pain and disappointment and betrayal and loss and all those things. I cannot handle it. If I get that tender inside and say, you know what, I actually do want to believe in a God who is big enough and good enough to save us all in every possible way. But just in case that God doesn't exist, I'm going to resist being in relationship with Jesus. And just in case that God doesn't exist, I'm going to ask you to prove your theology to me first. And just in case that God doesn't exist, I'm going to go ahead and just find a way to show up at church and follow the calendar. So I can have a little bit of feeling good and know that I'm safe. But here's the thing. Jesus really saves, really saves, as in keeps us safe, as in not saves us from hell some other time and place, but from the hell we hold on to and walk through and do unto one another here and now. Jesus saves us from that. How? With his love and his presence and his truth which transforms us. It's not something we prove into knowing it is something we are loved into knowing about. What does Jesus do with Thomas? He shows up wherever Thomas is. And what does Jesus do then? He says, whatever you need here, let's do that together. Touch me. Let me be up close with you in this place of pain. And what happens next? He challenges Thomas to let that go now and move into life. My brothers and sisters, most of us show up here because we know a lot more about how to believe in hell 
than any idea about what it would really mean to live heaven on earth. That's the truth. Our God knows that and is big enough to heal. Our God knows it and is big enough to comfort. Our God knows it and is big enough to strengthen. Our God knows it and is big enough to transform our lives into what we most desire and what we were created for, which is a life of blessing and of hope, not as an idea, but as a truth that we live day by day by day. The catch is, for us to go to this place that, frankly, many of us don't know how to go to on our own. We need Jesus. Thank God he is not in that tomb. Instead, he's right here, right now. What difference does it make? All the difference. Let us have life. Can you handle it?